Welcome to the Chiefs Zone Podcast. My name is Farzine Vesugian, and here we are recapping a Chiefs game. It's been a long time since we last done one of these. Uh, last time we did one, not in the uh, not, not not the greatest moment uh, for us Chiefs fans, but that is of course in the past. It's in the rearview mirror, and here we are now in the 2019 season, the preseason underway, finally for the Kansas City Chiefs as they got a big win, 38-17 over the Cincinnati Bengals. A lot, of, a lot of positive things, a few negative things as well from this game, and we are going to cover all of that here on this episode. And joining me, making his triumphant return to the Chiefs Zone Podcast, is Zach Stegna. Zach, how are you? I'm good, man. It's good to be back. Yeah, you've been you've been pretty busy uh, with the last uh, couple of weeks with everything you've got going on in, uh, in New York. I know you've been kind of traveling back and forth and whatnot. Here's... We don't have time for it on this episode, but some, at some point you've got to like educate me on New York City because I listen to a few radio shows and a lot of them on Sirius XM where they're located in New York City and they'll talk about like certain neighborhoods and mention like, oh, the Queens, the Bronx and all these other places, almost like they expect the listeners to know what the hell they're saying, but our co-hosts know what they're saying because they all live there. Uh, I mean, like so, some of these New York City terms, I, I guess, these terms... I'm not really up to date on at all, and, and that's probably because I've never been to New York City. Uh, you've been there many times, though. Well, we'll have to fix that. There. Yeah, yeah, I've been there a couple of times before I moved out, but uh, certainly have you know just recently developed an understanding of uh, you know really how how the city works and understanding some of the you know, how all the neighborhoods fit together and you know each kind of has its own little vibe, if you will. So that's been kind of interesting yeah. to recognize, like. You know, you got the five boroughs, which within those have a bunch of different neighborhoods, all of which have their own kind of, you know, like I said, their own kind of vibe. So it's, yeah, we don't need to take time for that on this episode, but I'm definitely happy to uh, educate you with what little I know so far. Yeah, I'd be really curious to know some of that stuff because I'm sure, I mean, living there, I'm sure it's a completely complex situation in and of itself. But yeah, well, well, y'all have to educate me on New York City lifestyle at some point. Uh, But for right now, uh, big win for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, before we get into that, a reminder, I am on Facebook, facebook.com slash Vesugian. Give the page a like and follow me on Facebook. I appreciate everybody that had commented, liked, shared whatever posts uh, during the game on Saturday night. Had a lot of fun discussing the game with you guys. Uh, let's keep that going. You can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Follow Zach on Twitter at ZSteginga. You guys can call into the podcast with a voicemail or shoot us a text at 913-808-2119. I know we're recording this fairly early on a Sunday, so if we don't get to your text today, we will read some of them for Thursday's episode or if you leave a voicemail. So still some time to do that for the week if you want to comment on this game or what you want to see from certain players as well. And a quick reminder, Monday afternoon at 4 o'clock Central Standard, time that is when we will start the Mahomes Magic Crunch giveaways on Facebook and Twitter so again you don't have to be right at your computer at four o'clock we'll give plenty of time for people to get in on the fun on that if you want to uh, be considered uh, for a chance to win uh, one of the Mahomes Magic Crunch giveaways Zach I never thought in the 12 or so years I've done this podcast I would give away cereal we've given away signed football signed photos Never signed cereal, or not signed, excuse me, but never I thought cereal would be a giveaway on this podcast ever. I mean, it just goes to show Mahomes' magic is real, man. Like, I'll be honest, I did have my uh, family go out and try to procure it. I have yet to figure out if they succeeded in that or not. But uh, yeah, <laughs> leave it to Mahomes to make sure that, you know, effectively Frosted Flakes go flying off the shelves like crazy. Yeah, uh, someone mentioned something on Twitter. They asked one of the Hy-Vee um, managers, and he said he had never received so many questions about a product before. And that's what happens when you have a that. superstar quarterback, man. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. But uh, speaking of your superstar quarterback, I mean, let's start there uh, with this football game. Uh, a lot of people wondered how much we'd see Patrick Mahomes because the Chiefs did not uh, get the football first. Uh, we only saw Mahomes for one drive. Uh, we did hear Andy Reid say that he would leave Mahomes in for the uh, for the entire first quarter. By the time the Chiefs got the football for a second time, there was just a couple of minutes left in the first quarter. So, hey, why not? Uh, why even put Mahomes back out there? 
Uh, great showing from Patrick Mahomes. 4 of 4 for 66 yards. Almost ran into the, t- into the end zone on his own. Uh, on that 10-yard scramble right there where he it seemed like he ran for a lot more than that, uh, mm-hmm. but did slide down to avoid some contact, which is obviously a smart move, but almost got into the end zone himself. And the Chiefs' first-team offense looked pretty good from the get-go. Travis Kelsey picking up right uh, from where he left off with that 36-yard uh, catch-and-run play. Uh, obviously in Pro Bowl form already, and uh, saw a couple of other players contribute as well on that first drive, most notably Carlos Hyde, I thought. Uh, getting into the end zone, of course, was the uh, notable moment for him. Uh, I mean, two carries, two yards, not much, but uh, you kind of wonder with Damian Williams right now dealing with the uh, injuries that he's he's got right now, kind of makes you wonder uh, how exactly is this offense going to go forward, especially with the news that came out uh, from Andy Reid that this is going to be a running back by committee. Yeah, and I think that that's, uh, I mean, I guess as a Chiefs fan, you know, we know that Andy has always been one of the most effective coaches in and really in NFL history in using his running backs in creative ways. So I don't think that the running back by committee thing is a problem at all. I mean, if you look at, you know, just teams who have had a lot of recent success, you know, for a long time you'd have, you know, that kind of thunder and lightning sort of mentality where, you know, with the Chiefs we tried doing it with Thomas Jones and Jamal Charles. Um, you know, it looks like we might have a little of that with uh, Carlos Hyde and Damian Williams, but really like being able to just rotate in fresh guys kind of the way you do on the defensive line. Like, I mean, if I'm Damian Williams, maybe I'm a little bit bummed because I had a chance to be the feature back and then I got hurt and, you know, now I might not be that guy. But for the, for us as Chiefs fans, I don't see any problem with that. I think that it's you know, only going to be good to have the fresh guy in there and proving that we've got some solid depth at the running back position. Yeah, and we definitely got to get on Darwin Thompson and the rest of that offense later on as they put on a really good showing after the starters, I know the preseason has that bad rep of, oh, it's, it's it's the preseason, it's not that exciting, but when your young draft picks are making some big plays out there, I say young draft picks like there is such thing as old draft picks, but uh, I mean, when your draft picks are out there making plays, uh, it does make it more entertaining and it makes you want to watch all four quarters of the preseason. So we'll get into Darwin Thompson, McCole Hardman, and, and a few other players who I thought did really well in the um in the game for the offense as well as a few others who maybe didn't do as well uh as far as the first team offense I mean I don't have much to say Mahomes completed all of his passes in this game and this offense really did look like it was in sync kind of like what we expected is there anything else that you have to say about this first team offense that you saw on Saturday night I mean I know so Andy mentioned that he was going to try to play Mahomes for a full quarter right but then it came out and he played him for that first drive because clearly he had seen enough. And I think that speaks volumes to the fact that, yep, that's running like the well-oiled machine that we kind of expected. So, I mean, really, you can't ask for a whole lot more there. I mean, it's not like, you know, I mean, really, even the fact that Mahomes didn't end up scoring that touchdown, I think he made the correct decision. And so, like, honestly, that was even more encouraging to see than, you know, him lowering his shoulder and bowling in for that touchdown would have been. Um, and so to that end, I mean, really... I've got no questions with our first team offense based on what I saw, you know, based on what I saw last night. Preseason, regular season, or postseason, like Mahomes has to do what he did in that situation. Like, look, I know some people are saying, well, if it was a meaningful game, he'd try to push himself. No, I, I just, again, I hate to be this guy. I know I said this last episode, but I'm like that overprotective parent right now where it's like, don't even let this guy get in contact with any defender at this point, uh, especially the preseason, but it's just, there were a couple of times where he was limping last year, and look, it's football, I get it, but still kind of scares you because if something does happen to Mahomes, it's like, what do you have? Um, So hopefully, uh, you know, smart play, obviously, and I know Andy Reid's talked to him about that. I'm sure Eric Bieniemy, a guy who's really on the verge of getting a head coaching job at, at some point within the next 12 months. Uh, I'm sure he's talked to him uh, about that quite a lot. So good to see from the first team offense. Let's switch over to the first team defense uh, because I think there were some some positive things we saw and some negative things we saw. Obviously allowing a touchdown on the opening drive right there. It was a very long first drive for the Cincinnati Bengals and uh I, I know we didn't see much of Frank Clark. I know that fumble happened, and then they took the call back. Uh, Sorensen picked it up, and then he fumbled, but it was picked up by Tyron Matthew. But that was really all we saw from Tyron Matthew. I know Frank Clark. I don't even think, frankly, he was in He didn't clubs. play. He didn't, yeah. yeah, he didn't play in this game. By the way, to be clear, Tyree Kill did play, but it was only on one play. It was on the Kelsey play, uh, so we didn't see much of him either in this football game. Uh, you know... I remember um, the Chiefs 
played the Vikings back when Brett Favre had just joined the Minnesota Vikings. And I remember uh, a Chiefs fan sent me a, a message on social media saying, man, we, I mean, we, we did an outstanding job against the Vikings. I'm like, yeah, but the Vikings were without Jared Allen and one of the Williams brothers. So it's like this preseason, it is this weird science experiment where, you know, how seriously do you take it? How seriously do you not take it? N- not making any excuses. The way that first team off uh, defense looked, excuse me, didn't look good for the most part. Uh, what is your biggest takeaway from what we saw from the first team defense? I mean, I think it's very clear that it's a work in progress. I mean, honestly, I liked some of what I saw from Darren Lee, but then there were other parts like, you know, he looked actually pretty solid in the run game, but there were also moments where he almost, you know, I mean, I guess when we signed Darren Lee, I expected him to be a much more of an asset in coverage than he showed last night. So I'd like to see a little more from him moving forward. Um, But ultimately, I think that, you know, it just goes to show that the continuity of the first team offense, I mean, think about it. Who have we really had to add other than, you know, a couple of running backs? Like, for the most part, you return all the personnel. Obviously, the scheme remains the same. Whereas the defense, you've got so much turnover in personnel. It's a totally new system. I mean, I can understand the growing pains there, even if it meant that, you know, Andy Dalton was able to lead the touchdown drive on us. And realistically, you know, could have done it even faster if he had not underthrown, uh, you know, a couple of receivers a few times. Yeah, uh, that was that was pretty rough to see. I, I, I will say I was kind of impressed with Bashad Breland, where, and I can't remember the name of the receiver, but he was almost going to get burned for a for an easy touchdown play, and then he quickly adjusted, really at the right moment. Had he waited a half second later, uh, this would have been an easy touchdown for the Bengals, but he quickly came away and tipped that pass away. Do you remember what I'm talking about uh, on the uh, first drive? It was going to be an easy touchdown for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he quickly turned around, got a hand up, and tipped the football, uh, not allowing a uh, play to be made, uh, an easy catch. Yeah, and I hope uh, to possibly see possibly for an easy touchdown run. Yeah, and I hope to see a little more from that. I'm not sure how much was Breland, how much was uh, you know an underthrow on that, but in any event, it was certainly nice to see. Um, and with Breland, I mean, I just continue to hope that you know we see the uh, you know it seems like he's kind of alternated years, right? He's looked really good, you know, some years, and then he's moved and not looked as great. The first year, like, you know, last year in Green Bay, he didn't look quite as good as he had done the year before, and I believe it was Washington. No. Um, but hopefully some of the comfort that comes with continuity of being back with Kendall Fuller um, and, you know, just kind of having the opportunity to take a full training camp and really get in on that, um, hopefully we'll be able to see more good good flashes out of him. Like, we don't need him to be, you know, a Pro Bowl cornerback. We just need him to be solid. Yeah, and I mentioned this when Morris Claiborne was signed, that, you know, Morris Claiborne, he's played with a lot of players on this football team. He's played with Darren Lee. He's played with Anthony Hitchens. He played with Tyron Matthew at LSU. So having that familiarity can be nice because maybe you're coming in here and learning some new stuff from Steve Spagnolo, but maybe some of your teammates can maybe translate these things a little bit easier and say, hey, this is how we did it at LSU. This is how we did it a little differently. This is how it needs to be done here. Whereas Bashad Brillen and Kendall Fuller, they can maybe just kind of uh, work together and, and try to bring that uh, rapport to this football team. Because uh, the secondary needs that. Secondary did not look very good last year, and that is an area where you definitely need to see improvement, especially when you co-led the NFL on sacks. That was certainly surprising to see. Um, sticking with the secondary, Charvarius Ward, I know he allowed a really big play that allowed the Bengals to get to the one-yard line, and then they scored two plays later. Uh, I know this is a player who the Chiefs, about a year ago this time, they did uh, trade an offensive lineman, Parker Enniger, for Charvarius Ward, and I... I'm still kind of curious, uh, what is it that the Chiefs see in this guy? Because I, I know you want to give him as many opportunities possible because you traded a resource to to get this guy. I know a lot of people like Parker Enniger. Uh, kind of, I, I think I think the jury's still out on Charvarius Ward. I still think he has he's a lot to prove for this Chiefs football team. He absolutely has a lot to prove, and realistically, like I'm hoping that he shows more in in the coming weeks because otherwise he's going to fit into the you know. I guess the mold of you know, kind of like I remember Marcus Cooper stands out as one who showed flashes of being an incredible cornerback, and then people figured him out. Uh, and you know, I think that was Jamel Fleming at one point looked like a decent corner, and then you know we realized quickly what he was as well. I'm hoping that Traverius Ward isn't another one of those types uh, that we've seen come through the organization quite a few times over the last call it you know three to five years. Um, so hoping the best for him, but certainly wasn't encouraged by what I saw last night. Outside of these starters for the offense and the defense, uh, there was a lot to be excited about. 
Um, quarterback play, I don't really have a whole lot to say. I, I will say this about the quarterbacks. Whether it was Chad Henney, Kyle Shermer, or Chase Lynn, I think what I was really impressed with the most, whenever they had a pass rusher closing in from the quarterback's blind side, it's almost like these quarterbacks had this like Mahomes moment installed in them where they saw it coming and they got out of the pocket when they needed to. That is something I don't think we saw a lot of from Alex Smith, which was surprising to me because that is a guy who has uh, some good mobility. Whereas these quarterbacks, anytime they saw a, uh, a pass rusher coming in, they quickly got out of the way. The only time the, the Chiefs got sacked, that was Chase Linton uh, for a six-yard loss. That was the only sack those uh, the, the quarterbacks took. Uh, did you notice that at all uh, with the quarterbacks? Because I think it's important to have that awareness. Uh, a lot of elite quarterbacks sometimes don't even have that kind of awareness. I agree, and I think that you know it's so recognizing the effect that Alex Smith clearly had on Mahomes, right? Because when Mahomes was in college, when he first came out, he was absolutely a gunslinger, and I think he you know sometimes took some risks that maybe didn't need to be taken. Uh, and clearly, Alex Smith had a level of a moderating effect on that. Uh, and part of me oh, yeah, wonders sure. that. You know, the only reason I bring that up is just to illustrate that I think the fact that you know you watch Mahomes you know day in and day out, and you naturally kind of learn from that in that quarterback room. So I think that you know to a level having Mahomes there and you know he definitely has that you know kind of sixth sense if you will. But when you just kind of steep in that as a you know young quarterback, I could absolutely see how they would be able to uh, you know really be able to kind of learn from that, even though they don't always get that many opportunities to put into practice. Uh, was definitely you know impressed by some of the things I saw last night. Don't get me wrong, I don't think either Litton or Shermer makes the 53, but you know, they certainly looked, you know, I guess they did what in what I in my opinion they needed to do, which was, you know, give us a good look at some of our skill players that, you know, are actually going to be contributors to this team next, you know, coming this fall. Well, there are certainly going to be some contributors from this offense that we saw after the starters were pulled out of this game. Uh, man, where do you want to start? Uh, I mean, we could go anywhere. Darwin Thompson, McCole Hardman, uh, the tight ends, they kind of had an up and down kind of game, but I guess when you win and put up 38, the, the good will certainly overshadow the bad. Uh, where do you want to start with this offense? I mean, I think, you know, probably the first place to start is absolutely McCole Hardman. I mean, he, he looked amazing last night. Yeah. Just dynamic and shifty and honestly, a little bit like a mini Tyree kill, which I mean. We all kind of anticipated yep. looking at his film from college, and you know, I remember obviously when he was drafted, people looked at him as just a you know, essentially a hill replacement. But now instead of a replacement, he's a supplement. Like man, I sure wouldn't want to be a lot of secondaries if I see you know Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and Michael Hardman lining up. Like no way in hell do you have a bunch of you know safeties or corners that can actually keep up with those guys. So it's going to lead to some mismatches, and I was certainly encouraged to see the uh, you know just kind of the shiftiness and the speed and, uh, you know, all of that from Mikko Hardman. I think that, you know, it shows that he's, you know, gotten a little bit, I mean, partially a mastery of the playbook, but also, you know, it's he could take a screen pass to the house. And that was, you know, certainly something that I, I liked to see. So I'm excited to see, you know, more from him as we continue moving forward through the year. Yeah, uh, his touchdown play did go uh, viral on social media. Everyone talking about the speed that he has. It's almost like, they completely forgot about Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins. Here's this guy. Oh, by the way, there's a lot more speed to go around on this football team, on this offense specifically. Um, let me just say this. I know some Chiefs fans don't like the Tyreek Hill comparisons. Comparisons are such a popular thing in sports, and when you can compare them as close as possible to your team or maybe to a division rival just to give uh, some familiarity as to what kind of a player you're getting, people are going to do that. And I think those Tyreek Hill comparisons are certainly fair. The other complaint I saw was that Andy Reid uh, showed his hand in the preseason game with that jet, uh, with that sweep toss. I, get, I think that's the proper name for that. Which, by mm -hmm. the way, to be clear, that is a pass. It's it's looks like a running play, but it's actually a pass because it was a forward toss. I don't know if you remember this, when the Chiefs and 49ers played uh, in San Francisco in 2014 when... Uh, Alex Smith uh, uh, threw the football to DeAnthony Thomas, but because DeAnthony Thomas was behind Alex Smith, it was considered a rushing play. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember. So in this in this situation, and we saw this twice in week one of last year in Los Angeles when the Chiefs and Chargers played, we saw two sweep tosses that went for touchdowns. Those was, were considered passing touchdowns. But look, as far as the complaints about how Andy Reid showed his hand, I just mentioned 
that the Chiefs did it twice in week one last year. And by the way, everyone else in the NFL and college football tried to mimic that play. This It's not like this is a brand new play that Andy Reid just came up with. I mean, we have... We have seen this play before. What is your take on the fact that, you know, this is kind of a trick play, if you would, that Andy Reid drew up in a preseason game when some people are saying you should have shared it, uh, saved it, excuse me, for the regular season? So I guess what I'll say to that is, so Andy has certainly had the reputation of being one of the most creative offensive minds uh, when it comes to drawing up, you know, a bunch of misdirections and things like that. Um, But he's also shown a reputation for being incredibly vanilla in the preseason, so... While I absolutely understand where people are coming from and not wanting to tip any hands, realistically, part of me wonders if, you know, I mean, I don't think Andy's, you know, fairly conservative nature when it comes to his play calling in the preseason has changed. So that to me actually, you know, has nothing to do with the, uh, you know, whether it's showing his hand for something like this. Like if he views this as a commonplace play, what cool stuff is coming this fall? Maybe that's just, you know, kind of a you know, contrarian sort of take, but really I think that, uh, you know, I think that it wasn't that gadgety, realistically. Like, it's something that is well-known to be part of Andy's repertoire. So worst-case scenario, you know, it's something that people would have seen coming anyway. And I think people getting bent out of shape saying that he tipped his hand, like, that wasn't really that much of a trick play. It just wasn't. You know, it's not like it was that Kelsey shovel pass or something like that that we saw break out, uh, you know, kind of middle mid to last season. Uh, so I'm not, you know, I, I think those concerns are overblown is, I guess, a shorter answer to what you were saying. You know, let me just be honest, because what you just said reminded me of last year's preseason. I was very discouraged by Patrick Mahomes last preseason, and I kept trying to remind myself it is the preseason, but I also thought that was the uh, most important preseason ever in Chiefs history because this is your first time in a million years drafting a quarterback in the first round, let alone you traded up so many spots to get this guy. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, Zach, but the Chiefs, their starters struggled against Atlanta's backups in a preseason game, and that was not until Patrick Mahomes connected on that big bomb to Tyree Kill, and then in the third preseason game, that, that's usually your tune-up game. Mm-hmm. But because the Chicago Bears, who the Chiefs played in the third game, the Bears had a they had five games last year in the preseason because of the Hall of Fame game. They let Chase Daniel, uh, they let Chase Daniel play the entire game, basically almost as if he was a starter from start all the way through mid-third quarter, and the Chiefs starters did not look good against Chicago's backup. So I was kind of discouraged in that. Listen, I say this every single year. These games don't count, but I think they do matter. To what extent? I think that can be debatable, and we could be here all day debating that topic. Um, it is, look, it's football. This is the first game. We're, we're excited to see everyone back, you know, popping pads against someone other than themselves in training camp. You're going up against somebody else. So that excitement is there, and it's kind of hard to control. I mean, that's what football does to you sometimes. Uh, I just think at the end of the day, we got to remember that, you know, sometimes you don't want to sh- show too much in, in these preseason games. You'd rather save them from, from the regu- for the regular season. That, that was my takeaway from last year's preseason and how, in my opinion, the Chiefs did not look good, and look where they ended up. Just an offsides call away from uh, from a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think that, you know, realistically, that just, you know, it just goes to show that preseason is to be taken with a grain of salt, just plain and simple. Um, so, you know, while obviously it's, you know, feeling pretty good sitting here today, seeing how well our uh, first-team offense performed yesterday, it still should probably be taken with a grain of salt. Let's be realistic. Okay, we talked about McCole Hardman. Darwin Thompson, man, uh, I was not expecting a big game from him. Uh, he showed a lot in this football game. He really did. He kind of reminded me of a Darren Sproul slash Jabal Charles type of player where he showed his speed. Very small guy, but, I mean, this guy does not go down without a fight. Uh, I, I was not expecting that from Darwin Thompson. And Todd McShay, who's doing uh, some sideline work for the Chiefs this preseason, he mentioned that, you know, this is a guy who did not play a whole lot of football in college. He did not get a lot of repetitions in college. So there is a lot of uh, question marks that are that are surrounding Darwin Thompson. What kind of a player is he going to be? Uh, I know it was against Cincinnati's backups, but still, you'll you'll take what, what, you, what you can get at, t- at times. Uh, Darwin Thompson looked really good. Five carries for 22 yards, and then through the air, uh, he was very active. He had one catch for 29 yards, and those 29 yards... Got him to the end zone. Uh, he was targeted again through the air, by the way. Do we know who threw the touchdown pass to him? Was it I'm Shermer pretty sure it was, was Litton. Chase Litton. I okay. think it was Litton, right. but don't uh, quote me on that. Okay, well, either way, 
uh, Darwin Thompson, uh, he had a really good game. A lot of people, I, I mean, if we had to give a game ball in, in the preseason, I think there could be a heavy debate. Who would who would you give it to, Hardman or to Thompson? I think Thompson, mm-hmm. in my opinion, would be the guy that most people would go for. By the way, on Facebook and Twitter, a lot of people said that those were the two, two, the two guys they were impressed with the most. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe there's a chance that Darwin Thompson, maybe not in week one, but if he can carry this over against the the twos and eventually play against the ones in the preseason, preseason, if he gets a chance, maybe there's a chance that this guy could start some games for the Chiefs in 2019. Absolutely, and even if he doesn't start, given the uh, you know what's already been expressed as what's going to be a running back by committee approach, I think he's going to yeah. absolutely play a play a viable role in our offense. And uh, yeah, definitely excited to see what he can do. I think that yeah, I think it's going to prove some of the uh, hot takes we've had on this segment. You know, coming in from the outside, we're going to have some of those proven right. Uh, and I may end up with a little bit of egg on my face, but, you know, if that happens, great in this particular case. We didn't see much of Trayvon Smith. Uh, he did have uh, – he, he was involved on, on special teams for the Chiefs, but um, I, I don't think uh, we, we've had a chance to hear from you on his position switch. Uh, he had three carries for five yards. We didn't see much of Trayvon Smith in this football game. Uh what is your take? Because the cornerback position is already thin, and he's moving to a running back group where I don't want to say it's crowded, but listen, but like it's I close. Mean, I, I, like it, it's w- not cra- it's not necessarily crowded, but it's pretty close to it. Um, I, I I just think I, listen. I think Traymond Smith can thrive as a running back, especially if he's playing under Andy Reid, but. It's like any running back can can do well under Andy Reid. Uh, maybe not every running back could be a Pro Bowler under Andy Reid, but they they did they'd be above average, I think. Um, I don't know. What do you think uh, Trayvon's uh, chances are of making this football team? I mean, realistically, it's going to come down to his value as a kick returner. I think. I mean, that's ultimately, you know, that that's his spot at the moment. But I think that where he's you know in a little bit of danger, realistically, of not making the squad. I mean. So if you look at his, you know, he had a 25-yard kick return and a four-yard punt return, which, like, punts, it to, you know, it's a different game there. But, you know, he had, I think it was five carries for three, or no, three carries for five yards. Sorry, I almost said that backwards. Yeah, it would have yeah. been real rough if that was the case. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I think that realistically, there, you know, they wouldn't have moved him away from what's a fairly thin cornerback position if they thought he could do that job. So clearly they don't, realistically. Um, and so if they think that, you know, he has a chance to add more value as a runner, well, Maybe. I mean, don't get me wrong, especially in this particular case, you know, we've got Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, you know, making the call on something like that. I imagine they wouldn't do so without a good reason to do it. But I, I don't know, with the way that some other uh, potential kick returners have emerged who can also do a lot of other things, you know, Mecole Hardman obviously comes immediately to mind. And I think that, you know, if Byron Pringle can learn to hang on to the ball, he might have a chance to make the roster as a kick returner slash wide receiver as well. I, you know, uh, unless we start seeing more out of Tremont Smith, I think he might see his way out of Kansas City, sadly. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned hanging on to the football. Uh, Byron Pringle was targeted three times in this football game. This is actually the player I was excited to see the most after last year's preseason from him, mm-hmm. but no catches in this game from him. The tight ends, uh, some encouraging moments and some not-so-encouraging moments. We saw Blake Bell, everybody. If you follow Big 12 football, which a lot of people in this, in this area do, you know who Blake Bell is from Oklahoma, uh, a guy who can do a little bit of everything on that offense, can play quarterback, can play uh, as a fullback, running back, tight end. I mean, this guy can do a little bit of everything for an offense. Now, in the NFL, you generally don't see that kind of versatility so much. You want to you want to stick to one specific position. Uh, but he, he led the team in receiving yards with 37, just one yard over Travis Kelsey's sole catch. Uh, but he also had a couple of drops in this game. Uh, I believe Dion Yelder did as well. Dion but, Yelder had a ton yeah, of drops. Okay. I think he dropped like three or four, but, uh, uh Bell, I think Yelder only had the one. that touchdown catch too. That's true. I guess, you know, so looking back at the stat sheet, it looks like, you know, Yelder caught two out of six, uh, but one of them was for the touchdown. Uh, but really Blake Bell, I was very encouraged by, uh, you know, he was one of the people who, you know, obviously not as much as Michael Hardman or Darwin Thompson, but it certainly, you know, gave me a little bit of, uh, I guess, you know, comfort in what our second tight end spot's going to look like. I still wouldn't be surprised if when we break camp, you know, our second tight end is somebody who's not in camp yet. You know, if you see the depth, you know, condense on other teams, and Brett Veach has always shown to be fairly acquisitive whenever that sort of thing takes place. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see us bring in somebody else, you know, that's a little bit, you know, more reputable of a name and 
a solid backup tight end. But really, you know, if we if we break camp with Blake Bell as our second guy, I think we're doing okay. Final thing on the offense, I know uh, B.J. Kissel mentioned this during the broadcast where Nick Allegretti moved to, to center. They, they they switched up the offensive line a little bit. I know Allegretti is currently listed as a as a guard for Kansas City, but uh, he did play a little bit of center in Saturday night's game. Uh, I know the offensive line position is always the hardest one to, to pay attention to, whereas guys like you and I, we maybe, even even though we follow football closely, we sometimes we may forget to pay attention to those offensive linemen. Was there an offensive lineman, whether it was a starter or backup, that impressed you the most in uh, last night's game? Honestly, I was too busy paying attention. And, like, I you know, feel kind of bad about saying this as a former offensive lineman myself. Like, I'd normally try to pay a little bit of attention <laughs> to them, but by the same token, the fact that, you know, there was nothing that really stood out on the offensive line, like that was actually like that's a good thing. Like you know, on the offensive line, especially with a team that passes a lot, like they're they're the kind of people who you'll get absolutely roasted when they make mistakes. But you know, you could have a Pro Bowl caliber offensive lineman, uh, and he won't get mentioned very often. Like think Mitchell Schwartz, right? Like the guy is as consistent and you know great at his job as anybody in the NFL. But we don't talk about him a whole lot because you don't have to. It's not like he gives up sacks. Like, he's just very consistent does his job. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, so we overlook the offensive line is, I guess, what I'm saying there. Uh, and with Andy's offensive line, like, I think that, you know, you see people bounce around different positions, you know, with the exception of, you know, a handful of our starters where, like, obviously Schwartz and Fisher, like, that's your left and right tackles uh, without a doubt. Uh, but everything on the interior, Andy's been known to mix around. So seeing what Allegretti was, you know, up to sliding into center and showing that versatility, I think certainly bodes well for his ability to make this roster. Let's switch over to the defensive side of the football because I liked what I saw from uh, from the defensive line. I mentioned that you know they didn't do very well last year, and now you're making this uh, switch to the four three scheme. This defensive line seems to have a lot of depth all of a sudden, and I think they showed some of that in this football game. Yes, it's a preseason game, but again, uh, I mean, you'll certainly take it uh, if you can uh, with whatever you get. Derek Nadi got a sack out there. Breland Speaks and uh, Tano Passanio. Those are guys who have been drafted in the second round in recent years for the I mean, the second round, you can find starter some quality starters there, and we haven't seen a ton of Passanio nor Speaks so far in their short careers with Kansas City, but they both went out there and got to the quarterback. And I got to mention, Kansas City only got sacked once in this game. The Chiefs had four in this football game. The fourth sack, by the way, came from Rob McCray. Uh, I like what I saw from this defensive line. Uh, again, yeah, it's the preseason. Just, we, we're, we're trying to remember all of that as well. But uh, again, uh, I, I want to see some positive things. That's why we're watching these games. That's why they have these preseason games. And, uh, you know, uh, kind of like what we were talking about with some of the other positions on offense, I think the uh, defensive ends, uh, both the left end and the right end uh, spots, you've got some uh, you got some players there. It's a crowded area. And, uh, again, Frank Clark didn't play, and these defensive ends still did really well last night against the Bengals. Absolutely. And I was very encouraged to see the, uh, you know, sacks from both Passigno and uh, Breland Speaks. You know, I think that – and they think they came, you know, relatively close to each other too, if my memory serves – um, but it was certainly good to see them both, you know, showing flashes of their potential. Because honestly, like when we drafted Breland Speaks, like realistically, I'll still go down as saying that I'm pretty confident the Chiefs traded up to that position not to draft Breland Speaks, but because they didn't think that the Packers were going to double dip on cornerbacks and snag Josh Jackson. Like I'm still convinced that that's the case. But that being aside, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily high on the Speaks pick when it took place, but certainly have liked the uh, persistence I've seen from him. And I mean, Pasino, man, he's, you know, an incredibly athletic, you know, physical player. And I'm excited to see him, you know, hopefully come into his own as a four, three rush defensive end. Cause I think that's really where he'll thrive most. I didn't see a whole lot from the secondary that I was impressed with. I know, uh, it was, uh, I mean, there was like the was one it? pick. Uh, it was but... Herb Miller, the third. Yeah, he had the he had the interception. Uh, almost took it back. It was on that hail mary attempt. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I I didn't really see a whole lot outside of the defensive line that I was crazy about with this defense. Was there anything you saw that you were crazy about, maybe positively or negatively? I mean, outside of the defensive line, no, not really. I mean, it was okay. It, 
I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of you know stuff that stood out really, really poorly either, but nothing that jumped out at me as like, yes, there's a difference maker for our diff- for our defense. Uh, you know, thankfully though, the defensive line did show some flashes of looking really, really good. But the cornerback position, as you know, we've kind of said all off season, like none of what I saw last night gives me any more comfort than I had going into it that our cornerback position is in decent hands. Who knows? Maybe we'll see a little bit more of Mo Claiborne moving forward. I know, you know he didn't get... I mean, I don't think he played a whole lot. If he did, then he did a nice job of staying under the radar. Um, but I think that hopefully we'll be able to see more from him because I think he's at least a passable starting corner in the NFL. Like, not a high-end starting corner, but, you know, shouldn't be at the very bottom of the barrel either. So hopefully that'll... Uh, you know, stabilize some of our secondary, but so far, none of what I've seen from our secondary gives me any level of comfort whatsoever. Final, uh, final facet, uh, looking at special teams real quickly before we do our three up and three down Harrison Butker, uh, again, uh, looking like a pro bowl kicker himself, uh, field goal made in this one and also made all five of his extra points. Extra points are starting to become more and more valuable, uh, because they're further out and we do see some messes, uh, from, from mm-hmm. kickers, a lot more now on extra points than we did before. So it's good to see him go make all five of those kicks uh, from uh, for the PATs. Uh, Punning-wise, I know you and I talked a little bit about this uh, before we started recording. You know, what's going on with the whole Jack Fox thing? I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth looking too much into it. But uh, Jack Fox and Dustin Colquitt, they each had a, a pair of punts in this football game. Uh, Fox had a few more yards than Colquitt did. Uh, Colquitt, 79 yards. Fox, 93. But again, those punting yards not don't let that fool you completely uh both of them were able to get some punts deep inside Bengals territory this is the one that i think we we need to touch on the most before we wrap things up uh kick returns byron pringle mccall hardman rashad davis and tremont smith all had kick returns in this game and all of them did really well Mm -hmm. uh tremont smith was the quote-unquote worst kick returner he had a 25 yard return that's not bad that's actually what's expected from a kick returner rashad davis had a 32 yard return mccall hardman had a 44 yard return and byron pringle no stats on offense but did have a 50 yard return to give the Chiefs offense great field position. And as far as punt return goes, we saw Davis uh, take a couple of punt returns back in Tremont Smith. Uh, I don't think Tremont Smith took any punts back last year, and we saw him in the preseason take one back uh, for four yards. Uh, So this special teams unit, it's going to be interesting. It kind of makes me wonder, is it worth letting Tyreek Hill just play offense and maybe have him as an emergency return guy uh, when – Things are getting pretty close. And maybe just let guys like McCall Hardman or Byron Pringle, assuming he makes it, or Tremont Smith, assuming he makes it also, let these guys handle the uh, return duties while you let Tyreek Hill focus more on offense. Yeah, I think from you know what I saw there, and I'll be honest, like part of this, you know, I got to recognize that there's probably some level of confirmation bias here because I kind of figured this was how it was going to work going into the season as well. But really, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't let McCall Hardman just handle this. Uh, you know, let Hill focus on offense because... If you think of the way that we're, you know, generally structuring things, like there's going to absolutely be plays out there where, you know, we're not going to go four wide receivers deep. So if you have, you know, say you have three wide plus Kelsey, Hardman's probably the odd man out on that for Demarcus Robinson, at least for the time being. Um, and I don't think there's that much of a drop off offensively if you switch out, you know, Robinson for Hardman. If you know, so think about it from a punt return perspective, right? You have Hardman return the punt, so he's not necessarily available for the first play, maybe two. You slide Robinson in, and that's fine. I think that. From that perspective, Hardman's probably your guy. Maybe that's just my opinion, but I think that he offers the most versatility in other areas of... I mean, obviously we saw what he can do on offense, so I don't see any reason, like, with a player that explosive, you want him getting as many touches as he can, and he's proven... I mean, seeing what he did last night, seeing what he's done in college, dude could return the football. So I think that, you know, in my opinion, he's got, you know, kind of pole position, if you will. Like, I think he'll be our, you know, top uh, kick and punt returner as we move forward. Let us know your thoughts on what happened in Saturday's preseason game. Who do you want to step up in the next game as the Chiefs play the Steelers this Saturday? That is going to be a 6.30 game. Facebook.com slash Farzing with Sugian. Uh, I am on Twitter at Farzing21. Zach is at Izzy Steginga. And you can also text us, leave a voicemail, 913-808-2119. Uh, 
we're going to try out a new segment here, and we hope to do this for every episode. Uh, I'm going to hand this off to Zach right now. Whose stock went up and whose stock went down? Three up and three down. Zach, take it away. Yeah, so for three up, I had uh, first off Blake Bell. Um, you know, was certainly glad to see him you know, show what he showed uh, last night. I think he's, you know, un- unless we bring in somebody from the outside, like I mentioned earlier, I think he's a solid lock for our number two tight end spot based on what I saw last night. And then, uh, I mean, I did have Michael Hardman and Darwin Thompson, but we've talked enough about them that I want to mix it up a little bit for the sake of this segment. Um, so one is Carlos Hyde, you know, proved, you know, very capable thunder back, if you will. Uh, and I think that, you know, even if he's just, you know, that Mike Tolbert style, you know, in fantasy, they would call him a touchdown vulture. You know, it's still good to have that guy who can power it in from, you know, short range. So I think, you know, he showed that, you know, he can do exactly that. Um, and then another that, you know, I was encouraged by the signs I was seeing and then he got hurt was uh, actually John Lovett, uh, you know, the quarterback turned tight end out of Princeton. Like, he was looking pretty solid there until he went down with that shoulder injury. So hoping to see him recover from that and, uh, you know, maybe see some flashes, possibly, you know, slide into the roster as a third tight end or, you know, ideally maybe a practice squad candidate there. Uh, but was definitely you know, impressed by that until I saw him get hurt. And then as far as three down is concerned, I think that, you know, Fairly or not, uh, Damian Williams certainly is going to take a little bit of a hit because with as much as we've talked about the other running backs here, you know, like it or not, one of the most important abilities as a football player is availability. Uh, And Williams not being there has, you know, provided the opportunity for people like Darwin Thompson and Carlos Hyde to step up. And I think that, you know, if we need to see more from Williams just moving forward. I mean, I know it was an injury thing, so I don't mean to pretend that he, you know, showed, you know, didn't show very well. He just didn't show, but that also means something. So I'd like to see more from him. I think that, you know, the improvement that took place while he in theory stayed, you know, flat, you know, that could, you know, lead to him being cost a spot as the feature back. I mean, I think that realistically you could make the argument that that's already taken place. So I think he'll need to show very well later in the preseason to kind of reclaim that spot, if you will. Um, another was Darren Lee, like I mentioned earlier. He you know, saw some encouraging signs in the run game, but he also looked a little bit lost in coverage. I'd like to see a little bit more from him because I think that he could be a really solid starting linebacker for us, and I honestly am really hoping he can do so. Uh, and then you know, the obvious one is Charverius Ward. We need to see more from him. I mean, the same could be said for a lot of members of our secondary, but unfortunately Ward got picked on, so he's the one who's going to you know, sit here in this segment. Um, got to see more from him if he's going to you know, really be that second starting corner that we'd like to see him be. All right, there you have it. That is three up and three down from Zach. And, you know, I, I don't have a lot to say about your three ups. Uh, Blake Bell, a little surprised you put him in there. I, I, I'm i glad to see him in there. I'm a, I'm a Blake Bell fan. I, I hope he makes this football team because I think he can be a special part of Andy Reid's offense. Uh, if it was up to me, He'd be really close. I probably would have omitted him from the list. I will say Damian Williams. I was a little surprised when you put him on there, but given your reason for Damian Williams, yeah, certainly understandable. And we've got a, you know, and you brought this up. Uh, it's an injury. You don't want to, you don't want to risk anything. But at the same time, and he did return to practice. Let's keep that in mind. Um, if this is a situation where he continues to not be available in preseason games, uh, I don't want to jump to conclusions and say his season's done. But it kind of makes you wonder if. He's going to start the season off uh, on the sidelines. And that, again, as you said, availability is the best ability. Uh, you've got to have that sometimes. And I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if Damian Williams is not available. I mean, I, I, I'm excited to see him. I know we've been talking about him quite a lot this offseason. You know, who fills in for Kareem Hunt in 2019? But uh, at the same time, you've got so many running backs on this football team that uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, you don't uh, have a lot to worry about. Real quickly, I do want to read a text. In fact, we did get one uh, from Dominic that talked a little bit about the running backs. Uh, out of the 305, he says, uh, I wanted to text him before the game. This was obviously t- sent him before the game. Uh, I wanted to make a bold prediction in that Darwin Thompson will emerge as a star for the offense before the season is up. Andy Reid is a guru with the running backs. Darren Sproles is a prime example. He thrived under Andy, well... Uh, it's worlds that play under Andy Reid, too, to be clear on that. But uh, he, he does say that he and Thompson are similar in uh, size and speed and ability to catch the football. They both average over 6.5 yards per carry their junior season and average 11 and 15 yards per reception. It may not be early in the season, but look for him to emerge with a major role. I can't necessarily confirm those numbers. I will say uh, Darren Sproles did play in Philadelphia, but that was after Andy Reid 
uh, was fired from the Eagles. But I get his point nonetheless. And I even mentioned this earlier myself that, you know, Darwin Thompson is uh, did, did kind of remind me of uh, of Darren Sproles a little bit. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, small guy, but a guy who can make plays. Um, I've got to say, for someone who was a, a, a late round draft pick, that was very fun to see him go out there and, uh, and make some plays. So I'm excited to see Darwin Thompson uh, in the next preseason game. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to talk about, uh, not necessarily from the game or the players specifically. Is there anything else you want to say about the preseason, Zach? No, I mean, I think I'm excited to, you know, there were certainly some encouraging signs. And I think that it, you know, just as I was you know, reflecting on the uh, three up, three down that I chose, the fact that, you know, all of the, you know, realistically five that I mentioned during that three up part were offensive players. And, you know, there was no one, you know, that defensively stood out, you know, as someone who had a really rising stock. I mean, you could make the argument for Pasnio or Speaks, but realistically, like, I didn't think that any of them outperformed, uh, you know, some of the others that I mentioned. I think that that's something that, you know, I'd like to see change for next week. Uh, you know, I'd love to be able to do this segment, you know, a week from now and be able to see, you know, a couple of defensive players sliding into that mix just because we're going to yeah. need that. It's that simple. Uh, real quick, yeah, and I agree with you. Yeah, I, I do want to see more from the defense. We saw a lot from the offense, and hopefully we keep that train going. But uh, defensively, we need more. Real quickly, uh, did you listen to Trent Green and Ari Wolf during the broadcast? I, I heard bits and pieces of it, though. I was you know, also chatting with a bunch of friends as I was watching the game out at uh, the Outlaw here in KC. So, okay. Yeah, wasn't listening too intently to their uh, commentary. It was more just you know, kind of watching the game and having a side conversation. Okay, let me, I don't want to end the show on this sour note, but I don't want to be a hater either because I know what Trent Green means to this organization, one of the best quarterbacks ever uh, to wear the red and gold, but I said this Just an all-around one of the nicest guys we've had come through. Yeah, yeah, very nice guy. Uh, I met him once, uh, very quick, nothing nothing crazy, uh, nice guy, but his commentary in the preseason is terrible. I mean, it's... And I'm putting that nicely, too. It's like, sometimes I wonder, is he paying attention? Is he looking at a monitor rather than what's actually happening on the field? Because, like, the the fumble that he got wrong, that's fine. I, I actually agreed with him on that. But the uh, when the Chiefs were challenging the pass interference calls, which, by the way, two were challenged in this game. One of them overturned in Kansas City's favor. The other one stood. Um, but... Trent Green changed his mind three times as to whether or not this pass interference call could be challenged and something about being inside two minutes. It's almost like he didn't even bother to look up the rules as to whether or not this could be challenged even inside of two minutes. And then at one point, there was like an offsides call on fourth down against Cincinnati's defense. And Trent Green said, well, look, it's it's fourth and four or fourth and five, and you're at the 40-some yard line. Maybe in the preseason you go for it. And I thought, okay, that's actually a valid point, except the punting unit was still on the field, and they were in formation ready to snap it. And Trent, uh, Trent Green says, well, Andy Reid has a hand on the button, and the ball is already snapped. I mean, is he even watching the games? Could have been on a delay or something too, but yeah, I don't know. I wasn't. I, I didn't actually hear that last piece that you mentioned. I heard the pass interference stuff, but to be fair, I've also been kind of confused by some of the pass interference rules and how they're but shaking out. But he's an out, announcer, so like he's a paid fair. announcer, like he has to know this. That that's very true. But you know, hopefully, uh, you know, it'll be just kind of a preseason blip, if you will, because realistically, like, you know, as I've watched him during the seasons, man, like he's as good of a color commentator as we've got. So hopefully, it was just an off night for him. Uh, and I don't know, maybe this is just, you know, colored with the bias of, you know, generally like, you know, enjoying him, you know, as a player growing up. But, uh, and then also again, as a commentator, as, you know, realistically, I'd put him up, you know, against, I mean, find me a better color guy. I mean, Romo actually does a nice job. But beyond that, I think, you know, it's Green and Gumble was, you know, last year, whenever we'd see them in the booth, I was always pretty excited because that meant, you know, we'd have a I solid I like them together. I do agree. So I'm hoping just, to see this I'm just, just as a fan blip. of. I'm just not a fan of his preseason commentary. I never have been. Uh, probably never will. Last thing for you. Did you hear the uh, Ari Wolf's call on the interception right before halftime? No. What did I, Fill me in. Fill me in. So uh, I think it was Driscoll who threw the interception. Mm -hmm. and yeah, he had a rough night. Yeah. Uh, uh, he threw it to uh, Herb Miller the third, mm -hmm. But he wears 34, which is what um, uh, Carlos Hyde wears. And so when... When it's midway through the interception, 
Ari Wolf goes, all right, Carlos Hyde with the interception, and he's still running. And I'm like, okay, look, I get it. They wear the same jersey, but college football announcers deal with this all the time, and they don't mix it up. It's like, you're around these guys all the time. You, ha- I've never heard of Ari Wolf until this game. Uh, I don't know what he had done in his broadcasting career um, up to this point, but these preseason guys... I mean, they're really not good. I, I, I was not a fan of that Syracuse guy. I really loved Mike Kelly from Mizzou. I wish Mike Kelly was still doing preseason games. I really enjoyed his broadcast, his ability as a broadcaster. But uh, I didn't yeah, know. I, I, was, I was. I didn't know that issue with Wolf there. That's. I mean, that's hilarious. And I guess it's a textbook example of. I mean, yeah. But realistically, I mean, you and I have both done this before, where you know, if oh, yeah. you come in prepared, you know, you've usually got what a three deep, you know, depth chart sort of thing in front of you. I mean, at least yeah, you got to be you know, prepared. That's how I did it. That's how uh, you know. I remember you know working with Craig Hoffman, who does a bunch of stuff out now in Washington for the Redskins. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, helping yeah. spot for him while he was calling games. You know, watching the way that he did things, and that was for know, KLWN, you know, correct? Yeah, uh, and he okay. uh, you know would always have kind of the three deep in front of him, but in the preseason, it can get deeper than that. So I can give him maybe a little bit of a pass, but at the same time, like, dude, you know, Carlos Hyde, he plays offense, like. You know, it's not that hard to look that up. Like, you've got the roster sheet in front of you if you know what the hell you're doing. And I would be shocked if he didn't have that in front of him. So, I mean, I w- like, you know, not only does it have that, it's, you know, normally got the pronunciation guides and everything. Like, this is not hard. They make it very easy for the media to make these calls. So, yeah, that's a miss on Wolf's part, man. I get it. It's the preseason. They're working out kinks, too. But come on, man. I was about to say, I mean, I, I think we've got the greatest replacement for Kareem Hunt. We've got a guy scoring touchdowns on offense and a guy getting interceptions on defense. I mean, uh, I, I would have taken that until I realized that was not Carlos Hyde. Uh, to be fair, looking that, at our secondary, did, I'm down to try Carlos Hyde back there if it comes down yeah, to it. Why not? <laughs> that is true. Um, but, yeah, I, I mentioned it went viral. Yahoo Sports posted about it. It was it was pretty funny. Uh, Zach, final thoughts before we sign off. I mean, you know, encouraged by the offense, defense still has some growing pains to work through. And so, you know, hope to see, uh, you know, in a perfect world, I'd love to see a whole different set of playmakers next week. Uh, you know, ideas, you know, ideally, you know, continued development from Thompson and Hardman. And then, you know, I want some defensive players on my three up next week. If I could have no offensive players on the three up because it meant defensive guys stepped up that well, I'd be a very happy man. So that's what I'd like to see next week. We'll see what happens. All right. I know you've been very busy, so I appreciate you making time for the podcast. Uh, Obviously, a lot to cover here on this episode. I'm sure we'll talk a lot more uh, about the upcoming game. Maybe you'll look back a little bit at this game uh, as the Chiefs come away with a 38-17 win. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. That is the Facebook page. Again, a reminder, the Mahomes Crunch giveaway. That is happening Monday, tomorrow at 4 o'clock Central Standard Time at Facebook and Twitter, by the way. You don't have to be online right at that time. We'll give you guys plenty of time to get in, uh, to have a chance to win. So be aware of that. That will take place Monday at 4 o'clock on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Follow Zach at Z Stegengog. Call in or text the show. Hey, uh, 913-808-2119 is the voicemail and the text line. And make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. And share the links as well. I am Farzine Vesugian for Zach Stegengog. Thank you so much for listening to us here on the Chief Zone Podcast. Preseason number one in the books. We will see how the Chiefs do in preseason number two. We will preview that on Thursday's episode. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Take care.